Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. For obvious reasons, we keep this place as gloomy as possible. Welcome to Mind Poppers Podcast. We are as a people, inherently and historically, opposed to secret societies. Once you get used to these grim surroundings, you'll never leave. Nobody ever does. We continue now with tonight's case, Conspiracy. Now, right now, listen. We are recording again. You see it jump again. It is the spookiest thing, but we'll just keep going. Um, we're doing a conspiracy theory episode today, um, in the Mind Poppers podcast, but I'm not alone. Uh, two very long overdue guests, them being the Ickals. Welcome. You're very welcome. Bonsoir. I've been on this podcast before. You have. Never, you have. never with my baby. I've finally been let into the chat. <laughs> <laughs> Thing has entered the chat. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tyra Banks always said that. Hello, Miss Thing. I, I <laughs> bringing it into my vocab. I think Hello, she, yeah, thing. I think she coined that term for sure. I love it. It's so like what Miss Thing. <laughs> no, the only reason I had Jenny on singular was because she had. It wasn't planned. She texted me out of the balloon. Was like, I'm bored. True. So I was like, but okay. Then. On, a, on a social media hiatus. We hadn't recorded and then me and you did that spirit guide meditation which people are still asking me for the link for adam can you put that in the goddamn <laughs> like episode i have sent that to so many people as well it's infuriating if you i'm like just google put in the meditation I just, come up, literally. The weirdest things i was just talking to jenny about this yesterday it's always the weirdest fucking things that you put up on the ground that people hound you for mm. like remember you actually bought it remember that light i um, put up on my gram that was like it reflects on the ceiling like a ga- galaxy kind of vibe mm-hmm. gram. Gram. <laughs> yes i am 47 and i do call it gram and i will not stop <laughs> but um i still get questions being like hey you had a light from amazon what's the link oh honey no do not be sliding in the dms with that again a year and a half later it's so stressful i mean it's just very fucking annoying like for fuck's sake it's called soj on amazon huns look it up that was the same with me with <clears throat> when I got the projector, um, like as in the wall projector. So many people wanted to know it. So I was like, guys, hold on like three or four days. I'm trying to set up like an Amazon affiliate thing so I can make some money. Um, You're right. Shite. I should do that too. Did you ever get that pube out of the projector? No, but right. I had gone to the company and I was like, there's, I was like, guys, seriously, there is a fucking pubic hair in the projector i was like every fucking thing i watch there is one recurring character and it's some pube from your manufacturing plant i was like this is ridiculous um so they got on to me anyway and they gave me a code to get a free one 
So, which was decent of them. So then I used, I like grown fond of the P1. The P1 doesn't bother me that much anymore. Like I've used it like for the last like two months. So then I ended up doing a giveaway with the new one. Oh, um, <clears throat> I would have been afraid to be swapping out the pube one for the new one. I'd be like, oh, but they must all come with the pube. <laughs> <laughs> no returns. <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys. Um, but I still haven't posted it. And that was like two weeks ago. <laughs> 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 I'm like, I'm busy. <laughs> so busy. <You're> like- <laughs> free you can't demand it to come at a certain time exactly it's free and you're going to get it when you're going to get it you know (laughs) Kate (laughs) O'Brien congrats so we're here today to talk about conspiracy theories we've done this before on your guys podcast the last episode we did I think we did a weird fetish one the last time and I think time before that we did conspiracy theories yeah we did conspiracies that time right yeah because i remember i can't remember what we talked about but Lindsay, your one freaked me out creepy as fuck i know i would redo that one (laughs) 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 who was it wasn't there something to do with a bathtub or something peaches geldoff and the whole conspiracy that she was like her mom and like she had there was a little ghost arm and the ghost arm oh yeah oh my god because we looked up the photo while we were recording and it was fucking freaky so go listen to that episode if you're listening Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. more content that was a good episode actually that was probably around this time last year my god where's the time going (laughs) time flies when you are a piece of shit is true time flies when you're podcasting (laughs) <laughs> it really does not so i asked everyone to come to the mind poppers basement with a conspiracy theory have you all done so have you brought one each or have you decided to come together we have one each yes sir mine is less yes, of, a, of a conspiracy more of a mind popper but okay, um we'll allow it. We'll allow it. it has conspiracy elements okay. isn't like and yeah, can be a conspiracy if you wanted to be baby um who wants to start off jenny would you like to start off okay i'll go first so today i'm going to be talking about children specifically recalling past lives (gasps) so past life regression the idea that like our souls or spirits could be like recycled um it's it's so mad. I've I remember the first time I watched I started watching something about this is this girl. And if anyone listening to this podcast, you would enjoy this girl's YouTube. Her name's Kendall Ray. And she does loads of like unsolved mysteries and talks a lot about past lives and conspiracy theory stuff. So just that could be a point of interesting content for you all and you gnarly. And um she did a video about this one guy who is going to be, I've got three past live regressions to talk about because I think they're all very interesting. Um, and the wor- first one, well, first of all, let's open up about past live regression. So this is something that usually shows in children between the ages of uh, two to four. So it's usually when they can start to talk. Um, and th- they say the idea of it is, is that like, when you are about to die and when you have just been born are obviously like the closest you are to like the other world or the world of like spirits or the world of like, you know, the afterlife or before life. Okay. So you have the most fret, the freshest memory of it. Um, 
oftentimes in past life regression or when children start to talk about past lives, it was typically a traumatic past life they had. Now, this isn't to say, the theory isn't to say that only people who have had traumatic deaths then recycle into the into a new body but more so that you would remember it more okay because it was like so traumatic there's been loads of instances of where children have had birthmarks in the place where they have said their past body was killed so like this has been shown that like some kids have said like being able to say like oh i was stabbed here and they'd have this like crazy gnarly birthmark on the same side of their body um and they there's been loads of instances where like children have been able to recall like extremely specific things about people who uh, were alive and have been verified as real people. Um, I have a birthmark on my ass. Oh, maybe you got getting that ass beat up. (laughs) 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 So in the Western world, this is often like shunned or shut down a lot because it's not really something that is like accepted as reality, especially in like Christian places. Like they would very much be like, oh, my kid's just kind of talking. And like, it's not always taken seriously, but a place where this is taken really, really seriously is actually in India and a lot of Asian places. Because if you think of Buddhism and Hinduism, they Mm. actually believe in like recycled souls. So it is actually almost encouraged. And I have a, a case from that place to talk about. But the first one I want to talk about is one that will more lean so into the conspiracy, but it's really, really interesting. So this guy called Boriska Kipiranovich, okay, Russian dude, born in the 80s, probably a few years older than me and Lindsay now. Um, so he he is someone who the old <laughs> <he's>, uh, <laughs> from the ancient time of the 80s. Um <laughs> so this guy uh claims to have been a Martian in a pl- past life. When he was a baby, he was he the minute he came out of the womb, this is from his parents, he was able to sit up and hold his own head up. He started talking at four months old. Ooh. And at eight months old, he started to recall with great detail his knowledge of the cosmos, his knowledge of astrophysics. He was like incredibly high IQ. Um, so he says he lived on Mars before a war broke out on Mars and all life on the planet was destroyed. Um the he says yeah he talks about this war on mars that it was actually between i think it was a civil war but he also recalls all of this stuff about mars that like there was a civilization on mars and there was a civilization on earth and we would like be in contact with each other and there was like free-flowing um communication and free-flowing travel between the two planets um and this is something that like you know, if we look at what NASA are looking into with Mars at the moment, this is like he came out with this on a an interview in like the 90s, I'm going to say. He was maybe around 12 or 13. Um, and people were really, really shocked because he was able to recall, uh, like talk about stuff like astrophysics to an extent that like, you know, astronauts on in NASA were like, how does, he, how can he even explain this? Like he had a, he had a concept of like space and time and, you know, uh, just even like intergalactic travel that they were like, how would a 13 year old from like, I think he's from Belarus or something like that. Like, know this, how would he have any, not even a concept of it, but how would he be able to explain it so articulately, you know? Um, it's creepy. So, mm, it's so creepy. Really, like really no creepy. one wants, no one wants their four, four month old talking realistically. I know. No. I know. He yeah. could like hold his head up and 
they were saying I wonder you know, why I don't like fine. that Apparently he was just like oh, really articulate about it. He would he could speak now. Uh, so it says this article here was written when he was twenty one, um, and so this was like a few years ago. But he had like a profound knowledge of the cosmos, alien civilizations, um, and he had never been introduced to such topics. Like here's a picture here of him like drawing like intergal. He has a mullet as well, yeah. very on brand. Him like drawing like. <gasps> planning out like showing the different like uh galaxies um so he says he lived in or he lives in Volgograd so he's still alive he's still alive yeah yeah he's only a few years older than us oh I just thought when you were saying he like used to I thought he had passed no 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 so there's there's only because he's Russian there's only really so much that we as English speakers understand from him there's only been like two interviews with him from like western people um so like you know maybe he's known more so there but like this was also being captured like right after the fall of the of the like uh USSR and all that kind of shit so it's a weird I mean weird place right it's very insular they're not really like looking to be like big in America or big in like the kind of western world um so yeah he took part in an in-depth interview with Project Cam a lot in 2007 when he was just 11 at the time the interviewer described him as being a regular kid who exhibited all the signs of a young boy becoming a teenager but there was more to him than that the author added that he was earnest and polite in a way that seemed unusual for a boy so young in the interview uh, he offers his own take on martian life saying that people on mars stand over two meters tall they stop aging at 35 hello and that is because they breathe carbon dioxide and actually that is true the the reason that everything on earth uh, ages is because we uh, live on oxygen. So oxygenation is actually what causes aging. So he had a concept. I'm never breathing again. I know. Um, so he claimed that a nuclear war wiped out much of Mars's civilization and those who survived moved underground, which is why scientists have never discovered evidence of life on the red planet. And that is also in the last few years, they've started to detect that there could be water under the surface of Mars. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also, there's also a lot of what they say on the surface of Mars, like this is from NASA um uh, astronauts and astrophysicists have said that like the actual landscape of Mars like it's red kind of appearance and a lot of the kind of the, the, a lot of the like, what they can see from the surface actually shows that there could have been some form of like nuclear explosion like it's it goes in line with what would happen if there was some sort of like you know not saying man-made but a nuclear kind of I don't know something spitting up the atom bullshit there's also like loads of really weird shit that people can look into on their own time about like structures on mars there's faces mm-hmm. on mars there's on mars that look like that you can see from satellites that look like like almost like grecian like structures like faces and like really crazy shit um so he says he has no fear of death for we live eternally there was a catastrophe on Mars where I lived. People like us still live there. There was a nuclear war between them. Everything burnt down. Only some survived. They built shelters and created new weapons. Um, his mother also talks about how his son uh, had seemingly genius abilities growing up, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, this guy is like, it's so interesting. Look at him there, young. He's like so all-knowing vibe. Yeah, he's doing like the kind of namaste. Kind of- oh, he's doing the little Dalai Lama. So he also says that some really interesting two things that before I move on to my next person that he says is that the Martians were a key in helping ancient Egyptian civilizations build uh, the Sphinx and build the pyramids, um, which is obviously like, you know, people like, I don't know if you've ever watched Ancient Aliens. It's a great show. I love it. It's one of my favorite hangover shows ever because like (laughs) everything according to them (laughs) 
as he was aliens. <laughs> um, but he, his biggest thing that he has said now, first of all, this, so again, this is a, he was 11 when he did this interview. So I think it was 2000 or 1997 or something a long time ago. Okay. I was 11 a long time ago. So we can only imagine. Um, it was maybe early 2000s. And he had, he actually talked about there being something inside the pyramid of Giza. And since then they have found a secret, um, what's it would be a tomb, a secret tomb or a secret mm-hmm. room in the pyramid of Giza. So that lines up with his uh, theory. And he also said that the, the key and the answer to life on earth resides in the Sphinx. And he said, that, uh, yeah, he said that there is a scripture in there that literally would make like, would make us all realize how we got here, how we have all this knowledge, a huge amount of information on the ancient Egyptians. And he says it's something to do with like, it's behind the right ear of the Sphinx, but he doesn't know how to get into the Sphinx. And that's obviously something that like, they don't know. They don't know if there's anything inside the Sphinx. They don't know how to open it. And they don't even really know why the Sphinx is there. It, it predates a lot of the pyramids as well. It's way older than we think. And they've since like, I think with them, um, a lot of, uh, archaeology they've found like little towns underneath it and like really Ooh. crazy shit so i don't it, like that i don't I like know, the little town i like it i'm like excited to find out i mean here's hoping but i want like i wish you know i wish he would get hired by like someone now what I'm, does like, he be doing with it? i don't know, don't know it's again him. it's like you know you always hear these people in like places like russia and shit it's like they just have no interest in like english-speaking western culture so they're not really yeah. looking for like fame or notoriety here he obviously got found by these guys in england did an interview and then i don't know but they also say that a lot of um times of past life regression the older you get the further unless it's encouraged by your parents like you do forget it you know that that like these children will recall things when they're younger but unless there's parents who are actually actively encouraging them it's like any memory of your childhood right like you forget things all the time like something that could have been so fresh in your memory when you were like six seven like by the time you're 30 you're like well like it's so much blurrier well, it needs to be nurtured and if it's not totally. nurtured by like consistent like you know t- telling the same story you know the way we do with my nan and stuff or mm, else photographs totally. I, f- I I'm, was convinced for like my whole childhood that I remembered um, going to Disney World at one now I don't I just see the pictures yeah well memory can be a weird thing where in mm-hmm. that you can have implanted memories um that didn't actually happen and I'm the same with my first memory of like my first holiday going to Greece and my parents like I'm convinced I remember that but I don't it's just from pictures and stories yeah. they told me you know that way it's like you know when celebrities are like when did you start singing I was two years old it's like I know oh, like yes you were like bah, 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 bah. yeah 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 <laughs> um so speaking of to talk about a culture that does really encourage this. I watched a TV show um, and there's this guy called Ian Stevenson and he was a psychologist who actually dedicated a lot of his um, research into past lives and he, and like children recalling past lives. He spent a lot, most of his time in India and Sri Lanka and places like uh, in the uh, kind of, you know, like Western Asia specifically where Hinduism and Buddhism is mainly prevalent because of their belief and their, they really encourage children who speak about this. They never shut it down. They, they actually see it as like an intrinsic part of life and they, you know, it would be completely accepted. It'd be like your kid being like, I went to school and my friends were there. You'd be like, okay, tell me more, you know? So there was this girl, I can't remember her name. I was really trying hard to look it up, but I actually found the, in, I found the uh, documentary on the next two people. It was on YouTube. So if you 
put in like past live show. It's a, I think it's like Channel Four or BBC. It mm-hmm. came up for me, so you'd be able to watch it. But this girl was a really interesting case in that she is from she's from Sri Lanka, right, which is an island off uh, the coast of India. And she's from a Buddhist family, quite middle class Buddhist family. I think her mum's like a teacher. Um, and she, when she was very young, she started to talk about a past life that she had where she was a man. She would say this man's name and she would always be like, you're not my mother. You're my new mum, but you're not my family. And her mum was, again, as since they were Buddhist, she always encouraged this kind of talking. And she started to mention a really specific name of a town in India. I mean, you can imagine how big India is. India is like one of the biggest populations populations the world's huge like you know, mm-hmm. millions of people everywhere and she mentioned this town her mom was like i've no idea like she was like she would have no reason to know where this t- it'd be like me or you mentioning some random town in fucking india you'd be like what well, how do you even know where this place is so because it's so encouraged in their um culture she actually went and um researched the name that she was saying and she they, as a family, they went to visit this town. Again, these are like quite middle class, like they're, you know, they've got money to kind of travel around. They went to this town and they, um, went, they, they met up, they had made contact as far as I remember, as far as I'm aware with this family that this girl was, um, talking about. Now this family was a Hindu family, but again, that's really accepted in their culture. So they were like, cool. Yeah, great. Um, and it turns out the man that she was claiming to be was their brother who died, um, not long ago. So all of his family were still alive. Um, and he died in like a bike accident. So they, she, they were still kind of like skeptical and they're still kind of like, all of them were obviously, I mean, as he would be, you'd still be like, this is kind of crazy. So they went to this town, they met up with the, the a brother and he was kind of like saying like, oh, I wasn't really sure. You know, I, I didn't feel like instant connection when I met the girl, but he said it got to a point where he was driving to the house where the girl could literally direct them from the road, from the road in the middle of nowhere and in a place where she had, none of her family had ever been before. She was able to direct them back to their family home. So she was like, you go down here, you go left here. She was able to bring them directly to the he- to the door of their family home. She came in and she was able to mention, name everyone in the family. And the weirdest part was, was these this family were like, uh, their trade was in incense making. And they had like owned this, they were quite a lower class kind of family in India, but they, their family trade was incense. They made this incense that was, um, apparent and apparently the way in which they made it was like a really traditional way that's kind of dying out. And as like mm-hmm. a seven year old girl, she was able to go in and like make, she apparently she was going in being like, oh, you're still using this sticker. And like, she knew all of this weird shit. She was like, oh, you changed the logo on the back. And she was like, she was like, oh, I'm glad to see you're making it in the same way. And your mom was like, that was my brother's job. My brother, the, he was killed because he was bringing incense on a bike out to the market and he was knocked down by a bus. Um, so she actually, their family are still like, she has a really great um, uh, relationship with this family. She like goes to meet them like every couple of years. The mom uh, of the son actually says that like, she was like, I can like see his energy within her. She's like, I can feel him. Like, and they, they said it's been like a really nice and like healing um experience for them to see like 
his like spirit live on because they, he died so suddenly and so tragically um I, which is so crazy but like so she continues and now she's like 15 16 and she still remembers so much because of like it was being, nurtured yeah because it was nurtured and they were talking about it and she was able to recall more and more and more as it went on um and then the last one just because it's local because me and Evan were watching the show mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden there's this woman and she was like from England and um she was like I uh, you know, started remembering being from another life when I was very young, and she was a woman from Malahide oh. in her past <gasps> life, is where I'm from. Oh, we no, <laughs> we were like, no fucking way. And so, this woman claims to be this uh, other woman who died. And the interesting thing about when this woman died, now she went back, she found out, she uh, verified, her mother verified that this person was real, that she was from Malahide. The woman was from like Kent or somewhere like that, random in England. And um, when this woman died, she actually left her children orphaned and all of the children went into a care. So that, as you would back, this was like maybe in like the 20s or 30s, you know, it was quite a long time ago in Ireland. And as you would, like, it was either like that or something fucked up, like, the dad was left and he was like, oh, should we be getting get rid of those kids? It was like, no. <laughs> and um, so she actually was able to go back to Malahide. She said when she went to Malahide, she was able to remember everything. She knew exactly where everything was in Malahide. She met one of her sons. So she hunted down with this one guy who um, still used his like birth name. I think he had since found all of his siblings and stuff. They had re- mm. reunited when they were older, which is obviously just so sad another story um but he was like she was able to tell me things like memories of my childhood like he was he she said like she she went down to the marina in malahide and was like oh i remember being here i would come here every day wouldn't i and he was like yeah he's like i used to be uh, he was a fisher he would work on a fisher boat and they, she, his mom would collect him every day from the marina and she wow. was like, I always remember feeling really sad here. And he was like, yeah, like the day, I think it was like she died really suddenly or something. And like one of the last memories they had together was like being in the marina together. Like, so, and she was in her thirties. So because she also continued to like keep in touch with him, like she was able to retain so many of these memories. And her mom also really helped because her mom wrote down all the stories that she was telling as like a three-year-old or five-year-old, but she only like sought out her son so to say when she was like in her 20s and she was able to like okay, bizarre. so crazy like so it's such a good rabbit hole to go down online so why do you think do you think everyone has the possibility to have had a past life or I guess that's like the I mean that is a question they say that like a lot of the reason why maybe you're I, I, actually this woman would be included in that a lot of the reason why people remember past lives you will always find that the children are like they've died in an accident or they died in some traumatic way and mm. um, so it's almost like it was imprinted on them like because I remember reading something about someone who I've spoken to you about before Adam about Dolores Cannon and she mm-hmm. believes theory that like our souls are recyclable in a way and there are new souls too they say but like it's like so not it's not all the same people at the same time but she was saying that like usually what happens is when you die your like memory is kind of wiped because life is so traumatic and because life Mm -hmm. is so hard that like you come back into the world like brand new not remembering anything but sometimes if that life is like 
super traumatic or if your death was very traumatic it's almost like harder to kind of like it almost comes back in flashbacks and that's something that you do find in these past life stories is that like a lot of the time it starts off with the children having like severe nightmares when they're like two years old like waking up screaming or being afraid of something in particular I watched one show about a guy a little kid who claimed to have and they again this was all verified it was a real person um have been killed in World War II in Japan and he was knocked down from his plane and she, his mum said that when she brought in you know those mobiles over the mm-hmm. cockpit of planes and apparently every night he would like scream himself no to way. sleep he'd be like no 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 like saying really really crazy shit when he was like three you'd think she just moved the mobile i know but I she's, know. Was, she was like it's the plane it's burning it's burning and she was like what the fuck my god really? i that's yeah. just like it's, mm, i'm glad i don't have kids yeah, you know? I yeah i don't know if i like my kids have never done anything like that like they haven't freaked me out one time I think Luna I was having like a freaky chat with my mm-hmm. pal on the phone at like 1am and Luna was in bed obviously and then she just like the door burst open and she was just <laughs> there like just stood there like she had burst out and it was just like I'm awake I was like shat myself got in a taxi went down to me mommy and daddy so I did she did that thing here What'd she do again? She was in the room. I think I was here or I had just come and she had just done it and you told me she was in the living room and she pointed over to nothing and she was like, I don't like him. Oh, I hate that. Oh. I, I, after that, I was like, there's no one there. Stop yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> like, no thanks, honey. Yeah, I know. <laughs> because that's what they say. It's a similar with like past life. They said that children and older people are more likely to see like the spirit world because they're closer mm-hmm. to it again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. I mean, like I would love to like, I'm that weirdo that if my kids started saying that shit, I'd be like, oh, you'd be nurturing. Shit, I'm a nurturing. Mm, you'd be nurturing a little too much. <laughs> yeah, I'd like yeah. to remember your past lives. They're like, no, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be there like researching people to implant the memories into their brain. <laughs> <laughs> would you give I'd know. Um, well, I suppose one of like the whole thought processes behind reincarnation is that there are some new people because of course there have to be new people mm-hmm. as a new souls. But I guess one of the whole belief systems behind it is that it's not necessarily just the point of, you know, coming into a new life, coming into a new life just for the point of like eternal living. But I think the thing behind it is each life you're supposed to, you're, you have picked certain challenges to go through and you learn from that and then your soul grows that bit and it's on to the next life where there's a new lesson to learn and you might not have learned your lesson so you might have to go through that shit again or put it on the back burner to eventually reach a point of where your soul has kind of reached a certain level of enlightenment and all that you know now I went yeah I went to a psychic uh which the white witch of cove who has since has um alzheimer's so her abilities are not on point at the minute um or maybe more on point who knows (laughs) (laughs) she told me that i was she told me about my past life in a reading that i was in new york i was driving like this speed car i was like hot shit i looked amazing speeding down new york city in this like convertible and didn't give a fuck no seatbelt no nothing and went flying into a pole and didn't die instantly, but instead spent like months attached to machines. 
sad. Poor baby. Very sad for me. Well, I was I was a live fast, die young part kind of person, you know. That's a very Lana moment. Yeah. It, well, I get you know maybe that is why I resonate. Resonate. With her <laughs> um, and <Seven> right. <laughs> I'm wild. I'm fucking crazy, but I am free. <laughs> Literally, that was me. Um, will I go next? Yeah. Sure. Mine's a short one now. Okay. But do you guys remember Malaysia Airlines flight flight 370? I love Mm -hmm. that. I loved it, right? And I feel like we never got any closure on that. We never got anything that, you know, even made us feel close to coming to some sort of end with that. And something that's always interested me because a flight, this flight disappeared into thin air. Now they've said that they've recovered pieces, but we're never 100% able to confirm that these pieces were that of the flight. So I'll just read off some of the details to you. Okay. So it disappeared on the 8th of March in 2014. Okay. And it was flying from Kuala Lumpur um, and its planned destination then was Beijing Capital Airport. Okay. So the thing was, the crew of the Boeing 777 aircraft, they lost communication with air traffic control only around after 38 minutes after takeoff when the flight was over the the South China Sea, okay? So, which was already strange. It, It had lost its connection to air traffic control only 38 minutes, okay? It was being tracked by military radar, for like an hour after that. So they lost contact with um, ATC, air, tra- air traffic control. Um, and then military radio was able to keep keep its, um, keep its eyes on it for a while. Now, what had happened was a couple of months after that, another Malaysian flight was actually shot down over the Ukraine by Putin. And people were drawing connections because... Barack Obama was a big ambassador with the Boeing uh, industry. He had sold a lot of them. He made, he actually had made a fortune from these airplanes. So on a phone call, Putin told him, oh, we shot down the, the, the second Boeing, so not the one that went missing. So automatically people were making things, links between the, and, the, and that and the Russians, which you don't know. But they spent, okay, over 100 million trying to recover this aircraft, this vanished aircraft. Now, the question is, were they spending $100 million to recover the aircraft or $100 million to cover up the aircraft? Oh, wow. That gave me major, were you silent or were you silent? <laughs> That's exactly what I was going for. Okay. So we all... <laughs> We all know the concept of it. We have this big flight, okay? I think there was like 227 passengers on board. It vanished into thin air. Usually, and what was strange about this is the fact that it couldn't be tracked, Mm. which it, it was very, very suspicious because even when planes get hijacked and whatever, they're still able to be tracked. So what one person or one, one common belief is, of course, hijacking. When you think of a plane, you're going to go towards hijacking. So some people believe that a hijacking could have taken place, okay, because there was two Austrians, right, on the flight logs, which, you know, you'd think nothing of. But on further inspection, the flight logs had to be updated because there was actually the two Austrians were actually using two fake passports 
and it was actually two Iranians. Mm. Now, obviously, Irania um, has uh, obviously do not have a good relationship. Iran, sorry, Irania. They have a bad relationship with the states. Yeah, of bad. course. Um, so people were like, even it was a Malaysia Airlines, but obviously because of Barack Obama's investment in Boeing. Now, again, you can't, we can't just pin it on Iran. You can't. But nonetheless, there were two Iranian men who got onto that flight using fake passports. They could not be traced, whoever it was. Now, a lot of people, they don't hold much weight in that, again, because of the tracking. You can have two hijackers on the plane but why isn't it being able to be tracked? <clears throat> now, again, we can't rule out suicidal pilots, okay? And this is only something I learned in my research, but it's terrifying. And it's definitely something that would has added a lot to my anxiety in terms of flying, okay? Well, thank God we can fly in a while. <laughs> no, but right. So a, a year later, on March 24th, okay, in 2015, so there was a German Wings flight, okay? I think it was like a budget German airline. It was uh, the German Wings flight 9525. was headed from uh, Barcelona to Dusseldorf, okay? Um, so there was a pilot, right? Um, his name was... <laughs> Dusseldorf? Dusseldorf. <laughs> his name was Andreas Lubitz, okay? So he had been... Um, out of work for a couple of months um, and ha- had to go to therapy under the, the guise of suicidal tendencies, okay? So he was, I guess, working through a lot of issues or whatever, excuse me, um, and then he came back to work. Though he was not clear to come back to work from his psychologist, but he told his place of employment that he was cleared, So he did, he came back to work and they obviously didn't look much further into it, which will be a massive mistake as we soon find out because he kept the information from his employer. So this flight, right, they had reached cruising altitude and obviously every flight has a co-pilot. The co-pilot had, it was a younger fella, had excused himself to go to the bathroom. So this guy, Lubitz, he locked the cockpit door, okay, and kept the flame flying, okay, and, and put it into, uh, initiated into a controlled descent and flew the fucking aircraft, right? All 144 passengers and six crew into a fucking mountain and killed them deliberately. Oh, how do we know that your mom went to the toilet, I wonder? I don't know. I, I guess because... Maybe they have to like log in and out. They probably have to do something. Exactly, and as well, there's usually audio from the cockpit. Oh, true, true, true. But oh. I, you know, or maybe Wait, they oh. the shit, and then they're like, <laughs> and then they like did it. testing. Julian McKeith was on board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look how fucking stressed my shit is. <laughs> that was so iconic. I miss the days of TV being like sitting in a damn box. <laughs> and you know what? The interesting thing was. All of this stuff they were able to recover from this suicidal flight and everybody died. <clears throat> they weren't able to recover any of that information, any of the audio, the logistics or anything like that from um, the Malaysian flight. Oh. So 
what brings is and uh, there, there's many many theories about this one of them being aliens the craft was stopped by aliens midair was taken somewhere else time loop okay it has all come up but one <clears throat> of the most fascinating ones and this one shook me okay because i this one i would gravitate more towards anything this one seems real legit to me okay um and i have to mention the name diego garcia who is diego garcia you may ask well do not ask that question what is diego garcia is the question you should be asking okay so Diego Garcia is a CIA base, okay? And it's based on a small little island in the Indian Ocean. Now, there's very little known about this. It's a CIA black spot, meaning that it is of the utmost highest security. Now, the US government have confirmed its existence, but have never spoken about it. So we know it exists and we know its location, but we know very little to nothing of what they're doing out on the island, okay? So the day that the plane went missing, the Malaysian flight, an island close to the Diego Air Base, okay, they are a very small uh, island, so they usually just have seaplanes, okay? On that day, the locals reported a massive passenger jet flying super fucking low to the point where they could make out the doors and shit clearly over this island heading in the direction of the CIA base. Now, they obviously weren't able to confirm that it was the Malaysian flight, but again, they have never seen a jet over their island and a jet that low before. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, of course, it adds to the kind of mystery of, you know, what was that? Now, when you're a pilot, okay, you have simulation gear. So when you're at home or when you're at work, you are able to practice all of your different landings in different locations and what have you. You have to, you know, training. It's basically like a VR thing. Um, so a couple of weeks after the Malaysian flight went missing, people went and started researching and they were able to hack into the, the pilot of the Malaysian flight simulation gear. Okay. And at home, he had been practicing on landing on very small runways, okay? He was practicing landing on five small runways. One of those air, air runways was Diego Garcia. Do, do, do. <laughs> okay, which, I mean, 
why are you why are you you know um practicing landing in a in a absolutely highly classified CIA base that you would never ever mm-hmm. be able to be able to land it's weird so, that like that been part of the simulation exactly Exactly. Now, I guess you can put in the coordinates. I don't know how it works, but it was a part of the of this simulate the flight simulation. Mm. So people were saying, since all the logistics were missing or whatever, people were saying, was the flight cyber hacked? Okay, because the Boeings can be cyber hacked, so that someone who is not in the aircraft can take control and make that aircraft change its trajectory, change its direction, what have you. Now, I don't think they have the technology to land that aircraft, but they can Mm -hmm. bring it to a certain location, okay? Now, this is where it gets weird, okay? So there was one American on the Malaysian flight, and he went by the name of Philip Stone. Now, he'd he'd worked in, um, I think it was a place called IBM, but it was a, a big tech company anyway, okay? So remember the name Philip Stone, because an all-black photo, okay, appeared on a forum online. The photo had a message. I have been held hostage by unknown military after our flight was hijacked. I am blindfolded and have been separated from the rest of the passengers. I am in a cell. I think I have been drugged as well. So he had hit his phone. Philip Stone had hit his phone up his ass. Um, so he, when they searched him, they didn't... <laughs> He's like, I knew that would come in handy. That skill. <laughs> All that fisting. <laughs> so there was nothing to go by. I mean, how is that credible? What Philip Stone said, there was a black photo of nothing. It was just a black square. Um, and I guess this guy's testimony, how can we link that to, to the Malaysian flight? Well, I'll tell you how. All photos, when they're taken, they also capture location data. Okay. Metadata, baby. Mm-hmm. So this is basically called EXIF data on all photos, which can be pulled to show you the location. So when experts pulled the EXIF data off this black square that mysteriously appeared on this online forum, it was from Diego Garcia, the CIA base. Gary! Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. so And like, if anyone is like, see, sometimes people can roll their eyes when they hear like, government like you know american government cover up kind of shit it's like the amount of shit that they have covered up i watched a film recently i don't know it's it's i think it's like one of these new films on amazon prime and stuff it's really good it's called the report with adam driver who i love um Mm -hmm. but it's about a true story about this journalist who not journalist sorry he worked for the cia or fbi fbi and uh he started doing a report on like guantanamo bay and the measures of like torture that they were using there and like basically trying to he was investigating it and he basically ended up like exposing it as like completely you know, in order to do, the, the, it's really like complicated. In order to actually practice those that level of like torture, they have to have like very specific reasons to. And it, in order for it to be like unconstitutional or illegal, like it basically has to be like they didn't find out anything, but they were like covering up that they did find out. You should go watch that film; it's really good. But like that reminded me of that. It's like if you think that like that sounds that far out, that like there's these weird bases with weird shit going on, like it literally happened like only like. Mm-hmm. 50- well, they were like 
waterboarding people to death. Exactly. But the CIA, CIA is notoriously known as one of the most evil organizations to exist. And a lot of information, although it has been hidden, some of it has been declassified, obviously not not the bad bits. But if people aren't, you know, sure about how evil the CIA are, all they have to do is look up MKUltra. Yeah. And those experiments they did on, on mind control and torture, which is all documented and was actually granted as illegal for the stuff that they did. So the CIA is incredibly evil. The CIA would be the people, say, in terms of would be in contact with aliens. If that had ever happened, it would be the CIA um, mm-hmm. and these higher ups, incredibly evil stuff. And so much we only know, not even the tip of the iceberg of what goes on with them. Um, but the photo tracing back to to so Diego freaky. Garcia, I was shook. Freaky. So what would be like, you know, if if why would they do that? That's what I'm kind of confused at. Like, why would they bring a plane somewhere? Apparently there was so the majority of people on the on the aircraft that day on the flight log list were were majority were Chinese nationals because they were coming back from I think there was some sort of art thing. They were artists. Um, okay. But apparently as well, there was another 20 people on board who were like very high up in tech companies. Mm, interesting. Mm. So, and that's part of the mystery. We don't know what any of these people had to offer that would warrant the CIA cyberjacking this plane, having a man on the inside to land. We really, really do not know. And you know what else? is interesting going back remember i mentioned that flight earlier this the malaysian flight the second one that got shot down over the ukraine yeah people were saying that the bodies found in the wreckage were already decomposed <laughs> the way you said that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fucking bizarre. and again the thing is if if it was taken by the cia if it did land in diego garcia I think it's kind of safe to assume that any wreckage found was meant to be found. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because it wasn't there like, a, it was like a, they, they found like parts of the plane, basically. Is what, what they, they believe to be parts of the plane, yeah. yeah. It was never even like verified that it was part of that exact They thing. would never confirm 100% that it was the Malaysian yeah, flight. Ocean, right? Yeah, and the ocean. Um, but it is super freaky, and I had never heard that take on I've the, on the flight of Asia. Mm, but I mean, it's something that does resonate with me. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I need to find. I need to see this picture. You mm-hmm. need to. See the link yeah, to I want to see that that's weird so little creepy. picture. I mean, I'll do it. I'll do it all. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's like still in the base with his iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably a fucking iPhone six. <laughs> oh yeah. Mm. Years ago, oh, yeah, it was 2014. <laughs> He's probably like still trying to text and is like, You can't do that. You know, when you're like, uh, Apple basically forces you to get a new iPhone, yeah, and it just yeah. stops working. You're like, <laughs> um, okay, so um, Mine, right, is um, I don't know if you guys would have heard this one, it's about um, 9 11. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Love. <laughs> joking apparently there was an inside job oh 100% was but um yeah I think that's now more of a like a known thing that just mm-hmm. you know but it, we'll always know that um but mine is also about a plane in some ways but so I was trying to find out more on this because have you ever kind of this is one that I've kind of 
noticed some little things and I'm like, oh, that's just so odd and so like unconclu- like not concluded. It's about Aaliyah, right? So, you know, Aaliyah, the singer who died in um, a plane crash mm-hmm. and everyone on board died and um, it, it's just very odd. And I'm kind of, so I was trying, I was thinking about this because I remember watching, okay, I was mad about one of the best documentaries I've seen in the past while um, was the R. Kelly documentary. I just found that in incredible in the sense of like, I couldn't believe that there was so much to this story, you know, like I watched the Epstein documentary on Netflix and there wasn't really any new like knowledge, even the Britney documentary. I was kind of like, this is shit. Like like, I wasn't getting anything, but like the R. Kelly one, I think it was split into like four separate, at least four separate um, episodes. And it was just like, your mouse is on the floor. First of all, because I lived through that as in like, I lived through his music and growing, growing up like with those songs and just kind of like having them always on in the car or whatever. Like I was, you were very like aware. I think if you, grew up like you know my generation you were very aware of R. Kelly's music and he was like no, he there. was like one of the biggest he was huge like, R&B singers of all time but um so to watch that documentary and be like wow how the fuck did this go on to such a crazy level and like it wasn't hidden in the sense of like it wasn't this like inside job it was like in mad. plain sight kind in of plain like- sight to fuck like he was put in you know, I think it was in the 90s, first of all, when... um. So f- let's start with Aaliyah, okay? So Aaliyah is the kind of, like, point of reference here because there's little known about Aaliyah. When she was alive, she was um quite reserved with, like, interviews and, like, her image. Like, she was quite a private person, even though she was a singer. So um, it's known that now from that documentary, when I kind of started to get like interested in this whole story was, um, because it came out in the documentary that he had fallen in love with Aaliyah. Now, this is how he kind of preyed on his, um, victims. He would either talk to the, he would like meet kids, like young teens at, um, his gigs and he would lure them in and like kind of tell the parents that he was going to like the kids would be like, I want to be a singer or a dancer or whatever they wanted to be. And he kind of similar to like the Michael Jackson thing where he would be like, kind of take them under his wing, be like, come to the studio. I want to help your daughter. It's grooming. It's just like, yeah, grooming. it's grooming yeah. with like that sense of power. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, um, it's kind of, again, it's, distracting the parents from the like reality of like your daughter is going to be hanging out with a grown ass man. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, throwing glitter on it and being like, Oh, the fame, the potential of her being like this singer. And like these are, this is an opportunity that you can't pass up. So, um, Aaliyah started to come to the studio with some other girls. There were always like young girls in the studio. Now we know, and loads of them have since come out and it's, spoken about like the horrific abuse that went on and just like super dark shit. Like the studio was like, had loads of beds in it and there were like multiple orgies and he would like force like these, like the, he would force the victims to like coincide with like sexual like experiences. And he, the weirdest thing is he videoed everything that recent documentary as well. He videoed, he was one of the, you know, one of like, you know, those documentaries that start off and are like, he always had a camera in his hand at any given moment. I'm like, how I can't take never a good idea. Never a good idea. It's always the freaks as well. So he recorded everything, including including like his sexual activities with these young um, people. So children with children. Yeah. 
girls. There's, you know, apparently some men, like some little boys. Like it's fucking really, really freaky. Um, but he so in this documentary, obviously one of the episodes really um focused on the the court case that went on about um him urinating and it came out on video, it was sold like same as like Pamela Anderson and Kid Rock's sex tape was was that Kid Rock or her first Tommy, Tommy Lee. Yeah, Tommy Lee. You know the way like back in the day you'd have like sex tapes would go viral, but they'd actually mm-hmm. sold and like it fucking... was one company, yeah, that like sold them all. They mm. would buy them and distribute them. I can't remember what it was called, but it was Pamela Anderson's was the same as Kim Kardashian's and um Paris Hilton. So this was going around in the like the black market. There was like um I remember in this documentary they said like you could literally walk down the hood and there'd be like a market and you would be able to purchase this tape. It was like sold as a kind no of No way. So it was very obviously R. Kelly urinating in the mouth of a young girl. And so this this court case went ahead and the parents weren't um, cooperating and they kind of apparently just didn't want this. They were very Christian family. They just didn't want the level of kind of, you know, fame that would be attached to this. It was such a like high profile case. Um, So they didn't let their daughter, I don't know if they didn't let her, they encouraged their daughter to not go for it. So she wasn't you know, um, able to, and we have not heard from her like since like the R. Kelly documentary, like we haven't heard from this person at all. We don't know who the girl is, but we just know that she very much didn't want to go public with during the court case. And then, um, R. Kelly got away with it, even though it was videoed, he said that it was his brother and his brother got locked up. So that was fucking freaky. And then we see that he, um, got married to Aaliyah and she was 15 when they got married, he was 27. And the weirdest thing was- How did that even happen? Like, how how was that? Was it legal in whatever state they're in to get married to a 15-year-old? Whatever state, I remember that. There was something, wasn't there something weird about the state? No. This is why it's my conspiracy queens. He, um, (laughs) oh shit. He faked a birth certificate and he had, I'm pretty sure her parents um, were down Mm. with it again. Like, since this has come public, we've never heard any like backstory from like Aaliyah's, parents or any like you know family members who've come out against because it she quite clearly was groomed like she was in the studio with him she was married to him at 15 and this was like public knowledge because they were like first of all he um produced I'm pretty sure her first album Mm -hmm. which is called age is nothing but a number so again you know so in plain sight and um it was knowledge then that like they were married. So in interviews, they would go to interviews together. They'd be like, so what's going on? It was like kind of spoke like uh, secret that people were aware of because the documents did become public of their marriage. Mm -hmm. And um, now thankfully I think it was annulled because he, it came out that he had faked Faked the the, uh, birth certificate. So it was annulled and she never spoke publicly about him. Like, you know, she was, she just seemed to, which is so, sad it makes the death even sadder in the fact of like Was you know being silenced or something well now that it's coming she out being silent or you know <laughs> silenced, silenced. <laughs> I, I like that was my favorite point a part of that fucking Meghan Markle interview because yeah. it's like bitch you're talking to 50 million people don't talk to me about being silenced yeah <laughs> but um but yeah so I mean now that since we've seen like that documentary come out and it made such an impact and um you know he's now I'm not sure where he is now but I know that he was yeah he was he's in prison waiting trial so finally like you know after years of people trying to you know years of like continuous 
insane abuse that documentary really pushed forward the kind of like, and I think maybe it's what they were trying to do with the Britney documentary in the sense of like really placing it in the public's laps to be like, we have to like fight for this to make the, you know, people in power do something about it. And like, even like say with, especially with like um, stuff like sexual assault, when one person makes that choice, like, you know, the brave choice to come out and say, this happened to me publicly, then it hopefully will encourage other victims to come forward which um you know i think we have seen with the r kelly thing mm-hmm. but if Aaliyah was still alive today god knows what she could have used her fame to you know to stop this sooner you know because it's just really odd so um she was dating damon dash you know um you see again he is a record producer really okay. really fame so she was dating him um at the time of her death and they had just finished um the video for rock the boat rock the boat random that they actually put that out We're but they had just such a good song i know it was and, in like the caribbean or something wasn't it yeah and um so she gets on this flight and she had a fear of flying anyway mm-hmm. and she didn't want to get on this flight she just felt unsafe it was like a private jet and um the weather was fine like there was no like um you know, precautions. There was no like reason for this plane to crash, but it did. And she's dead and it's very sad and we miss her. But I am just freaked because I don't, I think that R. Kelly had something to do with it. Oh, so this is like your own personal? It's my own personal oh. conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I was like, I've never heard of conspiracy. I remember there is loads of questions about her there, there's on kind the of plane, loose, though. Yeah, there's a lot of, but it's so hard to find. They were rushed on the plane as well. Yeah. Weren't they? It was mm-hmm. something about they were meant to fly home, or I think she rushed it. Someone rushed no, it. No, she didn't want to go on the okay. plane, and she someone so she else rushed it. Because I remember it was something about like they were meant to fly the next day, but they just finished the shoot, and they're like, no, 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 we've we've chartered a, a jet and all this kind of stuff. There was only like twenty people on the jet or something like yeah, that. Yeah, there was really only small a one. small number, but she was like really apprehensive about getting on this flight, and that's where the conspiracy comes from. There, it's not exactly like just my made up one because mm. it is. It's just hard to find information on it, which is frustrating yeah. um if anyone has any info please slide in my <laughs> dms because i want to read about it but um so after she died mary j blige did an interview to kind of like um solidify the fact that people thought that this is like just odd mm. she was like they killed her and they're coming for me <gasps> who's Something. they we don't know and like unfortunately in this interview like the person who was interviewing her didn't kind of continue on but she was basically saying that it wasn't like a crash that like she was did mary j blige have any links to or kelly um i'm sure i'm sure um like in his magnitude and the amount of space he took up in the industry the amount of sway at his peak he must have had must have been terrifying but like it seems like r kelly has had this ultimate power for years and like that he has this kind of like similar to epstein and that it's it's like hive of working fucking people so it's like not just one person because when the documentary came out so they put out the documentary i loved it and then they came out with another one which was the post um like a kind of because obviously it got arrested and finally we saw some kind of uh, justice starting to happen. But um, so then they made another documentary, which was like looking back at how the first one was received. And they said that so for the first documentary, they got all the victims together and rented out a cinema 
in America, I can't remember where, and like it was some of the, the first time that like a lot of these victims were meeting, so they were able to kind of connect mm. and share stories. And they were showing the documentary if you wanted to watch it, whatever. Like they would all be in the same space, like together, you know, viewing what was going to come out. And there was a shooting that happened outside the cinema at the time, so it was like that R. Kelly had hired someone to um, try and stop this this documentary happening, and like so the, they actually had to flee the cinema, and it wasn't they didn't get to finish watching it because of, so there's so he seems to have this like hive of people working so I think like you know there's been conversation of like Epstein being the scapegoat and you were talking about that the other day and I think it could be similar to um R. Kelly the fact that Mary J. Blige came out and said that they're coming for me next they got her and they're going to get me next I know that, that she's still me, bopping around alive. I know that makes me <laughs> think that, like I wonder like are you in the sense where Lindsay you said about the scapegoat thing and like just to you know define for everyone listening like saying someone is a scapegoat doesn't mean they didn't do something wrong you know that way yeah i mean that like all of the attention is put on him it's like epstein sacrificial lamb yes he 100 percent totally and abused hundreds of if not thousands of women or children you know yeah that's not to say he's innocent but like sometimes they can kind of like and weinstein i truly believe weinstein was such a sacrificial lamb like that man again sick cunt you know, no remorse for him. But I do still think that like he was basically given up as this sacrificial lamb to like make everyone believe that all abuse has ended in Hollywood. But meanwhile, mm-hmm. no one has looked into um like so much of the abuse that's been alleged to like young boys in Hollywood. Like mm-hmm. there's a really good uh, uh documentary. I think it's called like Open an Open Secret. It's really, really Ooh. good. And it's about like this um like a, a pedophile ring in Hollywood, which people always again throw the rise the rise at, like think you're going all Pizzagate on the ass. But this is like from victims, you know, these young boys who were like brought in by these other two dudes and you know abused for years. But it was like now they're like completely they're walking free. These guys, but like no one's looked into these other allegations because we kind of feel like we've solved it all because exactly. Yeah, Epstein's in jail. Epstein's dead. Uh, and know, R. Kelly is now. And it exactly yeah. so is Epstein dead. I know that's another one that's really And I think it comes up as well with the whole the whole idea like of um facilitating but like mm. I think we should but also speaking of Weinstein Jennifer Lawrence that was another one that I was going to touch upon Jennifer Lawrence you like it came out obviously when her news got leaked mm-hmm. people think that that was Weinstein well, they think, would not be surprised. Well, they think that the it's not just Jennifer Lawrence they think that that whole mm, yeah. fappening that happened remember where all the celebs news mm-hmm. got leaked a lot of those pictures uh, were either people who have been had ties to not just Weinstein himself, but it was more of a like power play by um, the powers that be in Hollywood um, releasing, especially Jennifer Lawrence's pictures. If you look at them, they are very like what she's on looks like a casting couch. They don't read and their pictures taken by someone. Yeah, they're, they're not, not like, like they're not yeah. like pics in the mirror, like when Rihanna's nudes were leaked. Um, but they, they, like? they were like just, her taking pictures in the mirror, you know, yeah, that way. yeah, yeah. But it was like an iCloud. The fappening was like an, obviously like an iCloud or Miley hack. Cyrus, yeah. It. But they also think that apparently they, it was like a staged hack, like it wasn't a hack that like people. Which also makes sense if you look at that documentary on Nexium. The um, have you heard of that, Adam? I don't think so. So it's a really good documentary um, on this. I, I can't remember the name of the actual documentary, but it's on this um cult basically called Nexium. Um, that like position them postured themselves kind of as like a self-help group the usual shit in america you know mm-hmm. but um i do you, ever, you know that show smallville yeah 
the main girl and that was a member and like the whole documentary is on like how like these women were branded by the main leader like they were branded by on their skin like maybe i second. have heard of this um and this kind of came out about around the same time me too was coming out but the whole thing and that was that when you became initiated into this part of the cult when it became sex slavey vibes <laughs> Um, <laughs> that they would have something on you called collateral so they would make you give nude pictures of yourself they'd make you give like sex tapes of yourself so that if you ever tried to leave the cult that could be used against you so when you think of it in the sense of the fappening it's like it's an interesting theory to think are actresses and you know big movie stars it to get to that level of fame are you giving producers and stuff collateral are you giving these nudes so that even though it looks like it's you taking a sexy pic for your boyfriend maybe they are holding this and they it was weaponized against them because the fappening obviously happened when it was probably about 10 years before maybe a little bit uh, less than the me too movement came out you know so it was like was there murmurings of this going mm -hmm. to come out it was publicly leaked Scarlett Johansson's nudes like when you mm. think of it in that way it's very interesting you know it's like were they openly giving collateral to well, this, the well, whole concept as well it's another oh. level of abuse in the sense of like you know when we saw Weinstein getting you know put in prison for the physical mm -hmm. elements but like we didn't you know we had heard and like many of the victims were coming out saying that like he would use like publications against him like he had total control over the media so if you know they like what happened um Rose McGowan, like her whole career was ended. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. as the Argento. Also, the Jennifer Lawrence conspiracy, which is a little lighter to finish, um, is that she fakes being clumsy. Like, <laughs> there's so I believe that. And, and like relatable, you know, like she well, fell like, collecting her Oscar. She it's fell. Like a caricature. Character yeah, like, of like the mm -hmm. clumsy. Kind of like pick me yeah. vibe. I'm so clumsy. I'm not like, yes, I'm sexy, but ooh. I'm, I'm in this big ball gown collecting this award. <laughs> Typical me, I fall. I'm just like you. Yeah. She's in, yeah. <laughs> great actress. She actually is very good. I used to resist her for a very long time. Yeah. And then I watched so many films. I was like, she's actually a really fucking good actress. She's she, great. Yeah. I'm, she I'm still in the resistance phase. No, I watched I'm so many. I'm still in the resistance phase. Yeah. I wanted to. And then I was like, maybe this is my inner misogyny talking. Oh, I remember you saying that. Yeah. I think that they try and make especially women hate Jennifer Lawrence. I really do think that that is the narrative out there. We're meant to hate her. I just hate the falling. I, I don't think she does a good job herself as well. Though. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, no, for sure. Not just to her women. Didn't but she, she was also in like, front of Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. Remember that? No, She's that was Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer, that was, oh, her best no, pal. Um, mm -hmm. so, yeah, but that's another thing about Jennifer Lawrence is that like, interestingly, she never spoke up against Weinstein and like her, she like, famously thanked Weinstein in her first Oscar um, win and all of her films were like, you know, huge. I mean, again, so many films are big Miramax m movies. So like you can't, but like yeah. it, it is another thing. It's an interesting she thing. She did kind of come out of nowhere. She had really, really, but then also our good gal pal Lana, you know, she had very close ties to Weinstein. And again, I'll say it on record, Lana's biggest fucking mistake and the one thing I will hold against her for the rest of her life mm -hmm. is the fact that she is not singing that song anymore, Pepsi Cola. Oh, it's so, so fucking dumb. It's like, Lana... Like, I love it because in the lyric, it's Harvey's in the sky with diamonds and he's making me crazy. Like... But even like, that poetic visual of yes. the reality. Mm -hmm. But it's like, like, Lana, own your badassness. You were singing about this before the fucking Me Too movement. It doesn't mm -hmm. make 
listen. And your you friends are like Courtney Love. You think that Courtney Love will be like, come on, course, yeah, sing it, Queen. It's rock and roll. Like, I mean, it's just like the fact that she was like, I will not be performing that anymore. It's like, if anything, that's like an incredible piece of iconography, pre Me Too movement of someone like being a whistleblower. Like, it doesn't mean that you were endorsing it. I think she's embarrassed because she clearly. She actually had her arm kind of twisted in an interview. Uh, the first interview that came out just after the whole Weinstein stuff, a reporter was like, So you mentioned uh, Harvey Weinstein in your song Cola. And Lana was like, Yeah. And the reporter's like, So I guess the, the the next natural step would be to retire that song from the from like the discography. And Lana was like, uh yeah, yeah. But um to but wrap also- up on a couple of points there, okay. The collateral damage thing. Mm. It's a long been a belief within these high one percent people that putting themselves in a precarious situation with a child would be used as their blackmail, as their collateral. Two, in terms of the scapegoat thing. The scapegoats, what we mean by that is that Harvey Weinstein, Epstein, um, and what's your man's name, R. Kelly, they are not the be-all and end-all of abuse. It actually, the belief is it's much higher than that and much more complicated. Um, And in fact, I, I was looking at some human trafficking stuff recently, okay? So what they're doing now to feel these massive uh, 1% pedophile rings is they're actually breeding children for the purpose of these sex rings these pedophile rings and so they're doing so these children are being bred so that when they're born they have no passports no documentation no nothing and are being born for the only purpose of this human trafficking into these big pedophile rings which is fucking crazy i saw something recently and it was about like the dark web and it was about like this youtuber i said this is like a youtuber who's like being like cancelled to fuck and has since like cancelled his whole fucking you know shit so you know the way youtubers like try be edgy with like we're doing something crazy he tried to buy a slave on the dark web and like he was showing he was showing the fucking screen and it was like he was on like the dark web and it was Mm -hmm. like this slave is 13 years old he has no he has no memory of his former life like he was abducted at the age of four so so, like it's there if you want it you can get it like mm-hmm. absolutely really not that far it's it sounds so crazy because mm-hmm. it is crazy obviously but like if you can literally if a youtuber can literally go on the dark web with limited ability to the dark web hopefully you know unlimited like fluency and how it fucking works um if he can find that hello imagine what like people who are like so rich can actually mm-hmm. access like mm-hmm. so fucking dark. it's just, so incredibly dark and I it's a, i just that's where i stop with that kind of stuff because I'm like this is like gonna blow my damn mind you know? <laughs> <laughs> where I end up like hours and hours it's on like you mind. lose a lot of faith in the world when you realize that essentially it is being run by pedophiles by these rich one percent pedophiles and that's just the horrible truth of the matter <laughs> that's life baby buckle up <laughs> you know <laughs> um know. Do you know Do we have what, any any finishing thoughts? Um, once I got a DM from someone who, um, this is just a funny story. This girl DM me being like, "Hey, um, you and Lindsay, like, are you on the podcast? We're talking to Lindsay, and you, um, like, said the word PizzaGate or something." And she's like, "I'm just wondering 
if and I think it was within the it was in under the context of like Epstein, it was around the time the whole Epstein ship like he was arrested. And she was like, I'm just wondering, do you believe in that? And I just replied to her and I was like, Well, it depends on what you define as Pizzagate. And I was like, and also, you know, with the light, with things coming to light about Epstein, is it really that crazy to think that there are human trafficking pedophile rings? Like, you know what I mean? I was vague and she was like, Oh, I'm, I just wanted to check before I unsubscribed from your podcast. Like you are like clearly in some sort of like, she was basically accusing me of being like Alex Jones and mm-hmm. she was my boyfriend. He's so well read. And he told me that there's no, and I'm like, honey, it's not the airport. You don't have to. You get that. fucking well read bitch and not oh. depend on your boyfriend's fucking reading list. And it's also like, girl, like literally Epstein has been outed as being, a pedophile human trafficker. Factual. I think some people just like, and I get yeah, fair enough. You do, you can't stomach. And there's some things, some conspiracies that I'm like, nope, like that one. I won't be going down. However, <laughs> I'm not going to like fully denounce it because I don't want it to exist. And yeah, that's, yeah, the fucking, yeah. that's what happens with, and that's the fucking problem with these things where it's just like, but that's what happened with the Catholic church. Irish people didn't want to believe it. So they fucking like, buried no, it. No, 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 no. Because once it's like, once you open that, yes, what is inside is horrific and mm. scary and terrible and illegal. And like, just it totally changes your whole opinion on everything. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so, but it's just such an ignorant way to live to just like squash the box, close mm-hmm. and be like, nope. Mm-hmm. So, because people are very afraid of having their reality shattered. And I can understand that because, as the saying goes, ignorance is truly bliss. So, I can <laughs> understand that. But at the same time, you can choose to live in a world where that world isn't necessarily the reality of the situation. And that is up to you, how you choose to lead your life. But a lot of things out there are fucked up and we really don't have a clue what's going on. And sometimes it warrants a further look. Mm -hmm. And sometimes maybe this podcast will be the one that makes it all (laughs) the public knowledge will be like, oh, Philip Stone will be sending Adam Bush texts. He's like, it's He'll be on the podcast. <laughs> Who would be your dream guest? Would he be your dream guest? My dream guest for the podcast. Yeah, or even yeah. like, doesn't even have to be a specific person. Like, like, not even a specific person, but it would be like, would it be maybe a whistleblower of, or Snowden would be a good a- one? Absolutely a whistleblower, 100%, especially anything related to the CIA. I would love um, Dr. Greer. Dr. Stephen Greer, who's done a lot of research into, into I guess, the military complex and I UFOs. I feel like you could get Greer, for sure. I definitely think he'd do your podcast. You should 100% ask him to. I would love it. You should get him on. I think you could definitely Adam's do cheeky it. little face. I know, so cheeky. <laughs> Um, but you should watch that documentary the or not that film the report yeah really that good. sounds where did you watch it? amazon i think they're playing it's the really report. good it's like it's actually so crazy when you watch it you're like oh and it's because it's kind of recent it's all about like you know al-qaeda bullshit but it's mm-hmm. just like i just think adam driver i really like him he's so likable so likable likable i cannot wait for his film at gaga but so anyway. likable just oh my god yeah him at gaga like i love that love that like gucci yeah, The House of Gucci. What a great film. I'm dying for that. Her living her Italian life. Finally as well, new films are coming out. I know. They can film again. Anyway, we'll let you go, Adam. Sorry. This is just our, us rambling now at the end us of the pod. Chatting. It's been great to have you guys here for the first time ever. I hope it's one of many. 
Um, everyone knows where to catch you. I leave everything in the episode notes. The Ickals podcast out every Wednesday. Oh. In the meantime, stay woke. Stay woke. Bye. Stay woke. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.